This podcast is brought to you by DNA Ticks, the genetic ecosystem. The genetics industry is coming to the blockchain. For the first time ever, users can test, store, and transfer their DNA safely and anonymously. DNA Ticks is transforming the way we map, store, and use DNA. The DNA Ticks token sale has just begun. Register now to get early access to the new genetics ecosystem. DNAtix.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used or just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. This podcast is brought to you by DNAtix the genetic ecosystem. The genetics industry is coming to the blockchain. For the first time ever, users can test, store, and transfer their DNA safely and anonymously. DNAtix is transforming the way we map, store, and use DNA. The DNAtix token sale has just begun. Register now to get early access to the new genetics ecosystem. DNAtix.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Juliette Lamar. And joining me today is Sarah Carson. She is the founder and CEO at Leota. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks, Juliet. Glad to be here. We're so excited to have you on. I always love interviewing fellow lady boss women. And uh, so it's always a pleasure. For people who are mm-hmm. not super aware of your company, can you go ahead and give us an overview of what you do? Sure. Well, Leota is the manufacturer of the most comfortable, versatile, wear-everywhere fashion for women. So this brand is six years old, and it's basically game-changing fashion for women because everything's wrinkle-free, everything's comfortable, and everything's machine washable. So we basically make apparel that you can literally do anything in, and I know you and I both know that's exactly what we need. No, I was just thinking, like, I hate it when you find that perfect outfit and you wear it and you don't think about, you know, mm-hmm. is it machine washable? Is it, do I have to dry clean it? You're so excited to wear it and mm-hmm. do things. And then you ultimately have to wash it. And you're like, oh, I just want to mm-hmm. check because I really like this outfit. And also it's like, oh, you know, you can't do anything to it. <laughs> or, you know, it has to be super special. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. And also finding a product that actually lasts, I think, with fast fashion yeah people it's only designed to last like 30 days and you're only supposed to get three or four wears out of it before you have to throw it in the landfill so we're looking to create something that really lasts it's an investment piece that you can do everything in and then also you don't have to dry clean it because that's so expensive and it boosts the environment so uh absolutely and fast fashion going back to fast fashion and for for people who don't know what fast fashion is they might not if they're listening to a tech podcast but you know it's it's creating such waste in the world. And I am so passionate mm-hmm. about being anti-fast fashion. I mean, do you want to share a little bit about, you know, what the impact of fast fashion is having on our world? Sure. Well, fast fashion is the cheap and deep stuff that it tends to be very trend forward and it's very low cost and the quality isn't that good. It's not meant to last and you end up throwing it away. And the challenge is that that's part of what's making fashion the second most polluting industry after oil and gas. And mm. the other problem is that you have, so one, you have fast fashion is the challenge. So if you can buy stuff that is actually going to last, it's more of an investment piece, it's still at a affordable price like Leota is, you're definitely making a difference in putting your money where your mouth is. 
The other challenge is you have a lot of brands that are overproducing product and then they're either throwing it away or destroying it. And all of that product is ending up in the landfills or they're incinerating it, which is putting all kinds of toxic gases into the, into the air. And so what we do is we actually donate all of our excess inventory at the end of the season to causes that matter to women like domestic violence shelters and um, other places like that. So, but it actually has a life beyond just selling it in the store. And that's, that is so important, I think, to realize your, not only your carbon footprint, but your humanity footprint. Because like you said, mm-hmm. you're not going to sell all the clothes at the end of the day. That's, you know, it's not impossible, but it's just, that's, that's not the reality. And being able mm-hmm. to repurpose the the money that has gone into making these beautiful pieces into helping people in causes that, that affect them is, is huge and such a wonderful mm-hmm. human footprint that you're creating. Well, we're very passionate about, I really think as business owners, you have a real responsibility to make a difference in the world because we have a choice, right? You're going to make an impact no matter what. So what impact do you want to make? And I really encourage everyone to think about that when they're starting their own companies. I mean, for me, I'm very passionate about creating a diverse meritocracy at my company in a workplace that's free of harassment and free of discrimination. And I think especially nowadays where we've got the Me Too movement going on, thank goodness, people are much more interested in asking those questions like, what does your company actually stand for? Will I be safe there? So go work for a female company. (laughs) Exactly. So give us a little bit of backstory about yourself. You know, how did you get involved with, uh, with Leota and just your background, what brought you to this place? Well, I went to Brown University and I graduated in gender studies. And so then I became an investment banker. So I think if I'm known for one thing, even if the whole fashion thing doesn't work out, I think I'm the only gender studies major to ever become an investment banker. So <laughs> put that in my tombstone. Um, and then I had a, a change of heart after a few years as an investment banker. I realized I really wanted to do something I was passionate about. And it, it turned out it was not financial algorithms. It turned out it was doing something that could make a difference for women, for women and also be something creative because very passionate about fashion and color and prints and design. And I thought I could make a difference with it. So I took a big risk. I quit my job. I had one of the most coveted jobs in New York City. I walked away from it. My parents were like, what are you doing? And I started my company and I bootstrapped it from day one. I'm still the 100% owner of our company and we're growing like crazy. Congratulations. Thank you. What are some of, I guess, you know, it sounds like it was a no-brainer. It was was a quick route to success. But what are some of the biggest challenges that you have encountered uh, throughout your time as a professional woman? And Mm -hmm. how has that contributed to uh, your outlook on Leota? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I love what Jim Collins says is that it took me 25 years to be overnight success. Exactly. <laughs> Everyone says like, oh, we grew so easy. And you know, it has definitely been one of the hardest things I've ever done, if not the hardest thing. And when it comes to technology, I think tech has been one of the easiest things about building a brand. And the thing is, when you're actually manufacturing a physical product, everything goes wrong. I've had... <laughs> hurricanes put a whole entire season of business at risk. I've had the freight elevator go out, you know, when we were six floors up with our first delivery to Bloomingdale's. I mean, you name it, when it comes to making a physical product, there's always going to be challenges. And so, I mean, we've overcome that in a lot of ways with, I think, technology has given us a real opportunity to 
optimize inventory and only buy the right stuff and focus on customers more, only produce what they want and not have a lot of that excess that I think brands have had challenges with in the past. So the other challenge that I face really as a woman in business, you never really know exactly when sexism is happening. But when you look Mm -hmm. at a business like fashion, where it's an industry that is totally aimed at women and their money, yet is run by men, only 14% of brands actually have a female CEO, which I found shocking. Shocking. Especially when you think about, isn't that crazy? And, And then also when you think about like schools like SIT and these major fashion schools, all the students are women. Like 85% of the students are women. So what happens mm-hmm. to all those girls as they're trying to climb the ladder and trying to climb the ranks in this industry? I think we need to find ways to support them. No, absolutely. And so what have you found, you know, is, is the best way, to, I guess, to, to support women and, and really maybe get them into these roles of leadership? I think mentorship plays a big part in it. And yeah. I think, I mean, I never really had mentors in my career and I still just, I mean, I'm compulsively forward moving, just figure it out. But I feel very responsible for mentoring other women now that I've gotten to where I am. So I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is take a good look at the way you pay people and the way you promote people. I love, um, I think it was um, Salesforce and other companies really took the lead by saying, you know what, we're doing an audit of our whole entire payroll and we are gonna, we're going to level up the women to make sure that they're getting paid the same. I think that's the kind of leadership that it it takes saying like, hey, we kind of screwed up, but we're going to fix it. And I think that that's the kind of leadership that we've got to take. And I think anybody that has any hiring or firing or comp related duties can make a positive difference in that way. And the results show it. I mean, people are going to love working for you and you're going to have a stronger, more confident team. Absolutely. Um, how do you do you feel like the fashion industry is changing maybe more towards a sustainability platform and trying to raise women up? Or do you still think it's a massive problem that's not, not really being addressed? I think some companies, like the larger companies, are playing lip service to it. Like they'll have one item that's made sustainably <laughs> out of like, uh, you know, so it's like, okay, congratulations, you have one one item, okay. Um, it's more of a PR play than, hey, we're really making, we're, we're really standing for this. So I think we still have a lot of work to do there. One thing I am really excited about is how fashion has started to address the plus size market in such a much better way. Leota is one of the only companies ever to be size inclusive from day one because the average American woman is a size 16, yet most brands only go up to a size 10. You try walking into a DVS and, you know, as a a size 12, even you're going to have a challenge finding product. And I believe that fashion should be for everybody. I'm seeing a lot of positive change thanks to the leadership of companies like mine and others that have said, you know what, we're serving everybody. Exactly. And and I think that, that hopefully that movement is coming through more so with, you know, these positive body images, the anti-body shaming mm-hmm. that we're seeing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this this new new generation of consumers coming in, I think, is a lot more open to diverse looking people. Uh, whereas before mm-hmm. it was, you had to fit into a mold. And now we really are celebrating um, beauty and success and intelligence in many different forms. I know. I love that. I think the diversity of beauty is just really 
front and center right now. And it is challenging with social media and how everyone's publishing their own content and everyone can really Photoshop themselves in any any way so that can currently have this realness approach of like, hey, this is real life. This is what we look like. And this is beautiful, too. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I do. I do say that in the, you know, the, the opposite side is, you know, I think you can see it on Instagram in your feed. You have people who are still holding on to these maybe more traditional ideals. And it's so funny because traditional, mm-hmm. you know, the ideals of beauty change generation to generation. So when people say traditional beauty, it means really nothing. But <laughs> older styles of beauty mm-hmm. of, you know, being really skinny and having a thigh gap. And you see, you know, a lot of Instagram, quote unquote, Instagram mm-hmm. models who they heavily Photoshop their, their images and whatnot. But then you also see this mm-hmm. entire other movement that is like no makeup, no editing. You know, this is this mm-hmm. is just my body and this is like reality versus Instagram and um you know, how big of a factor does that play into the fashion industry? Mm-hmm. Well, it's challenging for fashion and for beauty because you have to be aspirational, but you also can't, you've also got to stand for something. And I've spent probably my whole career trying to battle kind of these unattainable beauty standards that are so challenging for women. I mean, you still have like half of girls at the age of 10, they're already on their first diet. I mean, it's outrageous. Mm. And we ha- we're responsible for that. So that we need, to, we need to spread the love when it comes to this idea of self-expression, um, you know, you're creating your own identity, not around being 18 and six feet tall and blonde. Mm-hmm. And so we, I think we still have a lot of work to do there. But I believe that feeling great about yourself, feeling amazing in your body and in your clothes should not be a privilege that's only for the young and the thin. Absolutely not. And I think that when companies such as your company create beautiful pieces of clothing and fashion that fit multiple different body types, women then start to feel more beautiful because if you only create a fashion that is for a specific person, you know, a five foot Mm -hmm. 10 blonde chick, you know, you only create fashion that looks good on that person, then anyone who's not that person is not going to feel good, whether or not they've been told that they're ugly or whatnot. If they're, if they're being told mm-hmm. that subliminally you don't fit into these clothes, you are not as much mm-hmm. of a woman as the person who can. And mm-hmm. simply by taking a first step forward and creating, creating these beautiful fashion pieces that make you feel fantastic on the outside and the inside, that is a huge step forward in, in the body mm-hmm. awareness and love. <laughs> totally. And women deserve to feel comfortable in their clothes. Mm-hmm. When I was an investment oh. banker, I just found it outrageous what I was supposed to be wearing. Be, like being cooped up in these like tight suits all day long, well, 100 hour weeks. No, thank you. I think that it is game changing to tell women like you should feel really good in your body. This should feel good on you. You should be comfortable. I mean, men have that. Yeah. And so I think it's yeah. a really important movement to make comfort an important part of her confidence, an important part of what she wears. And in that oh, way, 100%. I see our end goal. Yeah, I think our end goal here, our product is confidence more than anything else. I love that. The product is confidence. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, I, yeah, and you just, you know, you think about footwear. Um, you know, a lot of mm-hmm. my friends are, law- are lawyers and they're expected to wear heels to court. And I'm thinking to myself, mm-hmm. okay, you can find some comfortable heels, but you are still wearing a shoe that is not good for your posture or your feet or your back. It mm-hmm. 
the only purpose it's serving, you know, you're not, you're not comfortable in them. The only purpose it's serving is mm-hmm. to make you look nice, but you could look nice mm-hmm. wearing a flat. You could look nice wearing something else. But if this is now like a requirement for, for you to be uncomfortable, it's a requirement to be uncomfortable <laughs> almost. Yeah. Like that's part of the job description. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of facts I just pulled up about, about the fashion industry. Um, 80 billion pieces of clothing are consumed globally every single year. And hmm. two thirds of all the fabrics that are used to make this clothing are cotton based. And cotton is a huge consumer of water. So not only are mm-hmm. we creating waste with these clothes, but we're also using a resource that is, that could be scarce mm-hmm. in certain areas, you know, clean water to grow the cotton. And then the biggest mm-hmm. one that I found that I thought was staggering was compared to 16 years ago, the average person buys 60% more clothing and keeps it for half as long. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one thing is that it's this whole idea of cotton being this sustainable thing to wear is really a myth. Um, it's just as dirty a business within the, the fashion industry. And then your point about how much more people consume now is making a huge impact. Like you said, it's the buying stuff. Of course, I mean, being in the fashion business is great because people are always going to buy clothes. They need something to wear. So I think as a business, it's very sustainable. And as a consumer, it's important to think about buying stuff that you can actually keep and wear over and over. And I'm seeing more of a lifestyle movement where people don't want to buy more, 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 more. They just want to buy the perfect this and the perfect that mm-hmm. without all this excess. And I want to be part of that movement. Absolutely. And I, I was also, uh, this just popped into my head. I was listening to, to, I think it was NPR where they were talking mm-hmm. about how, um, Instagram and social media, because we're now all our own brand and you're mm-hmm. posting these pictures that people are buying clothing just to wear for a post, right? So you're having these little mini oh photo gosh. shoots. Exactly. You're having these little mini photo shoots basically for your Instagram or your social media outlets where you are simply purchasing a, a cheap piece of clothing that looks cute, that, that complements the photo. But this is something that the industry, the fashion industry does to sell clothes. They have photo shoots, they, you know, they have models wearing these things and now people are doing this and they can't wear that outfit again because they've already shared it to their thousands of followers. And uh-huh. For some reason, it's looked down upon to wear your same outfit again. And I thought that was just crazy and also not helping our problem mm-hmm. of fast fashion. Oh, my gosh. I mean, who has that kind of money also? Yeah, also that, exactly. But that, but they're probably buying things at cheaper uh, stores, mm. right, that maybe use, that have less green practices, that use materials that maybe are more toxic. Um, that's what mm-hmm. I was thinking. I was like, where do they get the money? And then I thought, well, they're yeah. probably just buying really cheap clothing. Yeah, well, here's one problem is that you have a lot of lip service from consumers like, oh, we want something to be sustainable. We believe in environmentally friendly practices. We want to make sure that there aren't labor laws being violated. But then they want their outfit to cost like $10. Mm-hmm, and you mm-hmm. can't have it both ways. Like it's going to cost a little bit more to do the right thing. And so I would urge consumers to you know, have a little like a radical candor within themselves to just say like, how am I actually perpetuating these ne- negative aspects of the fast fashion industry with the way that I buy stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So if people are now hopefully convinced to stop buying fast fashion and to really take a closer <laughs> look at themselves and how they're causing the problem as well, 
Um, you know, tell us a little bit about your website. I've been sitting here the whole time looking at all of your really cute things. I already have a couple of things in my cart. <laughs> tell us, you know, oh, yeah. where's the best way to connect with you? Do you have, um, you know, social media platforms so people can see your newest, your newest uh, product coming out? What's the best way to connect? Oh, yeah. Well, Leona has gorgeous prints, amazing wrap dresses, things you can literally do anything in. And you can find it on leota.com. And I have a special offer for the Future Text listeners. If yay. you enter the code, yay, hooray, hooray for discounts. If you enter the, the code FutureTech20, we will give you 20% off your first order on leota.com. Awesome. Well, I'm going to use that after we get off the phone. Um, all right, Future Tech 20. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, Sarah, this has been such a pleasure to speak with you, and I'm so glad that you took the time to come on and really raise awareness about something that people don't tend to think about. Well, it was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. That is Sarah Carson. She is the founder and CEO at Leota. You can find them at leota.com, and the code again to get 20% off is Future Tech 20. They're so cute. Like I said, I already have a couple of the items in my basket, so I will be buying some shortly. This has been Juliet Lamar for Future Tech Podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.